so many times as I preach, and all preachers, we're like urging you to do something for the Lord. And then next time we're preaching on that same subject about serving the Lord, urging you to do something for the Lord. And unfortunately, and I'm, I'm confessing now, unfortunately, it's far too rare that I let you know that you've done it. Now, I don't mean you, you've done all you ever need to do. I don't think in the Lord's work that there's any retiring. I'm not talking about retirement as a concept. I'm talking about even retired people, which many of you are, should not retire from serving the Lord. I think even if you wind up, you know, going to Florida playing shuffleboard or whatever your plans are, that you should still devote your energy to serving the Lord. I don't think there's any retiring from that. It's easy for me to say that, but I expect to live it as I grow older. But no, you're never done serving the Lord. None of us is. None of us are. None of us is. I'll ponder that later. But on a day like today, you can look back and say, well, praise the Lord, I did it. I want to show you some things that you did today. We could probably go to 100 different verses, but I'm going to show you 10. First one, Psalm 100, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. You did that today. You did that today. Now, while I talk about that, turn over to Proverbs 14. If you like, if you'd rather write the verses down and read them later, that's fine. I'm going to read them all for you. Proverbs chapter 14. Serve the Lord with gladness. You did that today. You know, I don't like to sit and watch other people do stuff, but lately I've had no choice. And as I sat there today, this morning, I met at the gym with everybody like I always have, but really all I can do is sit there and bark out orders if, if uh, I want something done differently because I'm OCD about some things. And so in my perch there on my chair, I look out, and I see you serving the Lord with gladness. I see people that are happy to be doing what they're doing. They're not getting paid. But you're serving the Lord with gladness. There's no benefit coming in return, but you're serving the Lord with gladness. I see your children and your grandchildren working together, having a great time. By the way, seeing things that they will never forget as long as they live Serving the Lord with gladness. You did that today. Let me show you something else you did today. Proverbs 14 and verse number 21. And my paper clips are stuck together, so that didn't work. Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 21. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor... Happy is he, having mercy on the poor. Now, I don't want to get into a political discussion. I remember one of my many doctors over the last nine years. We went in. He asked my profession. I told him I was a preacher. We quickly found out that we were both conservative in our philosophies of life. And we had a good thing going. I went back for a few visits until one day we went back and said, can, can I be on my feet and set up tables for an event we're doing this, this weekend? He said, what, what's the event? And we told him about our Sunday dinner. 
and he went cold on me. That changed our relationship. I had a relationship with him for another year and a half, two years. But once he found out we were feeding the poor, he didn't think I was conservative anymore. And by the way, I resent that uh, representation of, of conservatism. But anyhow, uh, there are people out there that think there should be no mercy on the poor. And that is unscriptural. And I, well, if a man will not work, neither should he. First of all, you have no right to judge. That's for inside the church. You have no right to judge out there who can work, who can't work, who won't work, and all, and all of that. We, you know, when we started having this dinner, I remember on the very first one, someone pulled up in a, in a, in a car, and two guys got out that, that looked like they were pretty strong and healthy and doing okay, and they came in and ate. And I, we were asking the question amongst ourselves, well, should we let them eat here? They look homeless to me. And here's what we collectively decided. If you're going to humble yourself to come to a meal like this and you're that hungry, we want to feed you. See, it's not about us passing judgment on anybody, what they ought to be doing. Or what. It's us saying, you need a meal. Here it is. Hey, if a, if a millionaire comes in and just wants the company, he can eat. No charge. And so, uh, mercy. We associate poor with poverty, with, with financial poverty, and I think that's what the Bible's talking about here, no doubt. But some people are poor in friendship. Some people are poor in knowing a purpose for life, and we need to be there for their poverty as well. But I'm saying, you had mercy on the poor today. You had mercy on the poor. Turn to chapter 19 of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 17. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. Having pity on the poor. And we're not talking about being condescending in your attitude. We're not talking about looking. And I'm, I'm glad we don't talk down to people. But I love it and you love it. When folks look you in the eye, they did it today many times, and say thank you. And I've learned to thank them right back. And I told a couple of people today, I'm, no, I'm so uh, grateful to you because we do this to show the love of God. And if you didn't show up, we'd have nobody to show it to. So we're honored. We're honored to serve you. We're honored to be a blessing to you. By the way, I never did mention the totals today. We, had, we fed at least 138 guests today, and which is one of our stronger uh, attendances, which I totally did not expect with the rain. So praise the Lord for that. Saw a lot of new faces. I'm sure that you noticed that as well. And I think without a doubt, the, uh, the most powerful invitation to, for salvation that we've ever had. Uh, the the um, uh, 31 people raised their hand to say that they had trusted Christ as Savior. And, you know, sometimes when you present the gospel, you can just feel God. You just, you can feel the Spirit of God moving. I'm not saying that if, if, if you don't feel something that he's not moving, 
but sometimes you're just aware that a holy hush has come across the place and that you have everyone's attention. And, uh, boy, that's just the way it felt to me today. And uh, I don't want to – I really don't want to pinpoint anybody out because everybody contributed, everybody worked hard. But I got to say, girls, if you had not been willing to sing today, I think that something about that – there was a hush that began when you guys sang. And uh, I think that carried over. The Spirit of God can really use something like that, and I believe you did today. And so thank you for that. Um, Turn next to Proverbs 28. All these things that the Bible tells us to do, you did that today. You did that today. Oh, he said, I didn't sing. I didn't speak. I didn't. uh, No, but you by your service to the Lord, you did these things today. Proverbs 28, verse number 27. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack you gave unto the poor today some of you contributed in advance some of you have been bringing things for weeks but you gave of yourself you gave of your love today you gave of your time you looked people in the eye you asked their names you prayed with somebody. You, you handed someone a plate of, of hot food. And I, as I sit there and I listen, I can hear people talking about how long it's been since they had a meal like that or how good it is to, and to watch. And it just, it, it tears at my heart when I watch someone. First of all, we've got many of you going out there and asking people, do you want more? Do you want, stay where you are, bring you some more. But then to watch someone get up from their seat to go back and get in line again to get another full plate of food. What a blessing. What a blessing. You gave unto the poor. Turn to Matthew chapter 5 now. Matthew chapter 5. And let's look at something else that you did today. Matthew chapter 5. And verse number 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You did that today. You let your light shine in front of people, some of whom know you from being at past dinners and some of whom some were meeting you for the first time. But they could clearly see your light. And by the way, whatever they've been told about Christianity, whatever their opinion was or is about God, about Christ, your light shining today Silence them. How can you badmouth a God who's feeding you? And there's no question that these people, I'm talking from their point of view looking at us, there's no question these people are showing the love that they're getting from God. So people that, that might have last week, and they might do it again tomorrow out on the street just curse God's name they may probably will but while they're sitting there what can they say because you shown your light and God only knows where that'll lead turn now to Matthew 25 
You let your light shine today. You did all these things that we're reading in the Bible. Do this, give unto the poor, have pity on the poor, have mercy on the poor, uh, serve the Lord with gladness, let your light shine. You did these things today. Matthew 25, we went here this morning, and I won't cover the whole ground again, but Matthew 25 and... uh, Verse 34, this is the judgment of the nations, so this does not directly apply to us, or at least I shouldn't say it doesn't apply. This is not describing us, but I do believe it's describing what it means to serve the Lord. I do believe this principle is absolutely ours, even though we're not the ones being judged in this particular scene. Verse number 34 then shall the king say unto them in his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say to them verily I say unto you and as much as you have done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren you have done it unto me you get the concept there we've used it before in fact the man who taught us how to do this nine years ago eight years ago eight and a half years ago used this as his personal motivator and he admittedly didn't know the didn't know the bible that was pretty sad but uh I remember him saying to me, we were riding in the car, me and him and Joey, and he goes, what's that story about the, the gospel? The, I'm, I'm sorry, what's that story about the two brothers? Uh, and I said, Jacob and Esau, yeah, that's it. This is a guy that won a Dove Award for writing a gospel song. Uh, yeah, but anyway, but he was an awesome guy. And, uh, but this was, this was his personal motivator, the least of these. Did you let yourself look into somebody's eyes today and see the Savior? In that you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And you might not have any reason to love that person personally because you're meeting them for the first time. But you can look into their eyes and say, this is for you, Jesus. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You did that today. You did that today. You did, as it's described in Matthew 25, you did it today. You showed love to people who were hurting and in need. And in so doing, you served Jesus Christ. I don't think we'll ever comprehend in this life what a great privilege it is to do what, what we did today. First Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You abounded in the work of the Lord today. Most of the world takes Sunday as their total, totally their day. Most Christians take Sunday from noon on, at least, as their day. You gave your entire day today. You're worn out. you got to get to work tomorrow, and you got to start getting ready for Thursday. But you gave to the Lord today. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. And notice the next phrase, comfort the feeble-minded. And I have to be honest, we have used that to, you know, as almost a joke sometimes to put, you know, oh yeah, it'll be good to you because the Bible says comfort the feeble-minded. You know the word uh, feeble-minded actually means? It means weak in mind, as in discouraged. People who've lost hope. You, you gave love to folks today that have not known love in a long time. I don't mean every single person in that room. I mean some of them. Some of them. I want so badly to tell a, uh, a story that Amy told me, but I'm going to give her the chance to tell it if she wants to. I'll tell you about a different story. A lady came up to me today, and uh, uh, she said she'd been there before, but frankly, I didn't remember her. And she started talking to me, and I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying this. She spoke with just such class, like she'd be somebody that would be helping you at Lord & Taylor or something. Maybe that's not even class, but in my, in my mind it is anyway. Um, she, just, I, she spoke, and I'm like, where's that coming from? What are you doing here? And I started asking her background and her story and, and so forth. And, and I was just amazed that a woman with such, I mean, she clearly was educated, but then you, you looked at how she was dressed and you go, wow, this, this lady has been through some very hard times. And yet she has, she has strong, a strong background, which is a good reminder to all of us there's, there's not, a, not a one of us that couldn't wind up in a destitute condition, and we're going to want somebody to love us if we ever get there. But encouraging people who are discouraged, down, hurting. Turn to James chapter 1. We're almost done. James chapter 1. Pure religion. And undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. To visit the fatherless and widows in their, their affliction. Visit them, meaning go to where they are. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Now the world has gotten far more complicated than it was when James 1 was written. So you need to take visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and apply it to where we're at. And you did that today. You visited people whose lives have just fallen apart. You visited, you went to where they are. Most Christians never touch people in a condition, and I don't, I don't mean to, to talk about people as if you know, they're, they're trash. I don't mean that at all. That is absolutely not what I mean. I'm saying hurting people live in a world that most Christians never visit. But you did that today. 
you reached out and touched people in, in desperate need. And you showed them love and kindness. I'll show you one more verse. And that's the book of Jude and verse number 22. Jude only has one chapter, of course. So Jude and verse number 22, very well-known verse. But it's a verse that is often used to motivate us to show love to people. And here's what it says. And of some have compassion, making a difference. Tonight, I'm not using that verse to motivate us. Tonight, I'm using that verse to tell you, you did that today. You did that today. You had compassion. You made a difference. I'm going to tell one story. And then don't feel like you have to talk. But if there's something you'd like to testify about, we'll take a few minutes and do that before we close. But this just blessed my heart. There was, there's a lady that I remember, Rob, you testifying that uh, she went to school with you. She sat in the front today. I, my, I'm going to take a stab at it. My memory says Tammy. Is that the name? Wow, I got one right. How come I can't do that when they're in front of me? But anyway, Tammy. The last time I remember Tammy being there, she was very drunk. And when I gave the gospel... She verbally argued with me. She was sitting in the back. And it just made it impossible to, to give the God. People got saved, but everything I said, she was refuting from the back because she was very drunk that day. I don't remember her. She may have come since then. I don't remember her coming since then. But today, she was completely sober, sat in the front row, and I thought, oh, great. I was glad to see her. I told her I was glad to see her, but I thought, oh, great. She's going she's gonna to kill the gospel presentation again. But she didn't this time. This time, she got saved. When I give the invitation, I said, how many of you just made the choice to take Jesus as your Her hand shot up. Of some have compassion and making a difference. Now, I get to be the lucky guy holding the microphone. But you have just as much to do with those 31 people putting their faith in Jesus Christ as I did. All I did was do my job, and what you did was you did your job. So your job might have been behind the scenes. Your job might have gone unnoticed. But your job contributed to 31. First of all, your job contributed to 138 people being fed in the name of the Lord. But your job also contributed to 31 people saying, I, I want him to be my Savior. I want him to be my savior. You did that today. 